0: Welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian and Tonight, we're talk, coming to you live at 11.37 p.m. ET, Columbus, Ohio. We're going to break down the Bears 2019 victory over the Buccaneers. A lot of a lot of uh, questionable Tom Brady memes coming out of this one. I'm also going to go over some injuries before uh, the Week Five NFL slate comes along. Hope everyone enjoyed that bad Thursday night football game. You know, it's uh, a kind of a pastime of mine to cherish these you know Mac type uh, NFL games that we usually get on Thursday night. And, you know, NFL took away took away our baby, took away Jaguars, Titans this year. So it's good to see you know the Buccaneers and Bears at least hold up a little bit of uh, you know uh, I guess a tribute to. Uh, some of those Thursday night games over the years. So I want to get right into uh, what we saw tonight between the Bears and Bucks. And, you know, first of all, just talking about uh, Brady and this offense at first. I mean, he was just getting pressured all night long. We uh, couldn't really go more than a down or two without seeing Khalil Mack in the backfield. And, you know, his offensive line, it was a position where we knew, okay, Brady, he's used to having all day to throw. He's not exactly as mobile as he used to be, and it was never really a guy that was mobile anyway. While the arm strength still might be there, you know, this is a concern moving forward. As we, you know, have seen with Drew Brees a little bit over the years, especially in those Vikings playoff games, once teams can really get pressure, uh, especially up the middle, you know, it just can... Uh, ruin this offense uh, quicker than anything. So, Brady, I mean, he's accuracy looked fine out there. It wasn't like the arm, arm strength, again, uh, has gone anywhere. He'll have better days when you know they're not uh, facing the defense of the caliber of the Bears. But, yeah, just uh, w- wasn't a good night at all. Had uh, multiple memeable moments. He was screaming at his offensive line during the third after taking a couple sacks. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack uh, sacked him and then was kind of staring at him. We just got a prolonged eye roll out of Brady that uh, you'd love to see. And then, to top everything off, uh, Brady tried to zip one over the middle on fourth down and complete game over. Held up the four fingers, uh, indicating that he thought there was still one more down. Uh, as Troy Aikman said, sometimes, apparently, I don't know, I've never played uh, quarterback in a, in a real life game before, but uh, as Aikman said, uh, you know, sometimes I guess when these quarterbacks have to spike the ball, uh, sometimes they can uh, get absent minded and forget what down it is. Either way, whatever it was, again, just several pretty hilarious, memorable moments from Brady. Uh, he'll have better weeks ahead in terms of uh, fantasy and just better games as a whole. You know, we're still seeing this Buccaneers offense come together without Goblin. Uh, sorry, not helping matters and just kind of banged up state of everyone that was even trying to gut, gut it out tonight just didn't do him any favor. So overall, you know, completed 25 of 41 passes, 253 yards in the score with those three sacks taken. Not great. In the backfield, though, Ronald Jones just absolutely dominating uh, opportunity here. And, you know, he's been a guy where I know he had the drops. I mean, this is someone that uh, last week, you know, everyone was just hating on him for not being able to go out there and make uh, more use of all those targets he got. But truly, we got to give Rojo some respect at some point for what he's been able to do as just a runner, not a receiver, as a runner uh, this year. Because he was making all sorts of big plays happen, had a long, long run in the third quarter of 37 yards where he really made the safety look stupid. It uh, wasn't a great game. Again, as a runner, he's looking good, and the broken tag was looking good. As a receiver, we kind of saw more of the same. Five targets, caught only three of them Four 19 yards. Pretty hilarious in the first. Uh, it was in the first half, but Brady throws it to Rojo. He catches it, going to the ground. He rolls into the end zone. No one touched him. They ruled it an incomplete pass, and Rojo just like shook his head and tossed the ball to the ref, and it seemed like he believed it was an incomplete pass. And you watch the replay, and he caught it. Like you never see this, where a guy, you know, catches the ball. They ruled incomplete. Usually he's pop up, popping up and calling over the sideline to do something about it. Not Rojo. I mean, it's been so bleak for this dude over the past uh, few weeks that even when the ref was like, hey, you didn't catch that, Rojo just kind of threw his hands up in there and was like, all right, guess you're right, man. So, uh, again, great get game overall from Rojo. Just continuing to see some of the struggles uh, through the passing game. And unfortunately, that's going to limit his uh, you know true workhorse ceiling here moving forward. I think we're always going to see you know the Keyshawn Vaughn or when he gets healthy, Lashawn McCoy taking away some of these past some of his pastime work. But as long as Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, stays out of the picture, which tonight he was emergency only. Only saw him out there on the field uh, during their uh, uh, victory formation snap uh, didn't actually record a uh, carry or a target. As long as Fournette is out of the picture, I mean Rojo, we can fire him up as a legit RB two again. The RB one type of uh, you know stuff that we're hoping for not really going to be in the picture as long as uh, he's just not getting really enough work in the passing game. And even when he is getting enough work, he's not doing enough with it. But uh, you know, as long as he's dominating snaps like this, I mean, 42 snaps uh, in this game. Keyshawn Bond only had 13, and Fournette again only had that one that was on the uh, kneel down before halftime. So True RB2 stuff from uh, Ronald Jones here. Moving on to some of the wide receivers. Mike Evans started off the game with a two-yard touchdown. The guy's just an absolute monster inside uh, the red zone right now. And, you know, when him and Brady are clicking the way they are, uh, it's pretty impressive what they're able to do out there. Uh, You know, he's been killing people on the fades uh, recently, but this one took a little jab step outside, came back in on the slant, nothing they can do with someone that big. So uh, he ended up catching five of nine targets, 41 yards, and a score. Had a chance for a long touchdown. I don't know if he lost. In the light or what it was, we kind of got twisted around. One of those where he looked over the one shoulder, looked over the other ones. Could have been a long 40-yard score. So you know, didn't have it this week. But again, as long as he is out there and Goblin's gone, he's gonna be flirting with 10 targets every single week. And we know Evans, you know, with Brady back there, can do a ton with that. Continue to treat him as a wide receiver one. I'd say Tyler Johnson was the next most impressive Buccaneers uh, receiver in this game. Had a really nice uh, long play for 35 yards in the first half where he broke multiple tackles. You know, looked like uh, he could do a lot of good things with the ball in his hands. Finished with six targets, as did Gronk and Cameron Braid. So it's not like Tyler Johnson has, you know, this established role. Uh, even without Goblin in there, where we can lean on it fantasy-wise. But, you know, when we had Scotty Miller without a single target the entire game, I know that was probably pissing people off. Uh, it is going to be tough to go back to Scotty when we're seeing guys like Tyler Johnson uh, go out. And make these plays. And yeah, I mean, look, Scotty was out there, and it was Mike Evans playing 50 snaps, Tyler Johnson 47, uh, Ke- uh, Scotty Miller 37, uh, and then uh, a Cyril Grayson, excuse me on that pronunciation, at nine. So Scotty was out there in three wide receiver sets, just unfortunately uh, wasn't able to get anything going with that. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, three catches for 52 yards on six targets, caught a screen and actually uh, picked up uh, 23 yards and made a dude miss. Immediately went uh, to the sideline, though. I saw someone tweet the uh, old Mike Tyson interview where he's saying, you know, my back, uh, it's broken, spinal, and it was uh, with the caption, you know, every time Gronk goes to the sideline. So, uh, you know, funny stuff there. He did look hobbled, and he still doesn't look anything like, uh, you know, kind of the future Hall of Famer all-time, potentially great tight end that we've come to love over the years. But he is getting more involved in the passing game, and, you know, with uh, Braid also catching five passes, 44 yards, Tanner Hudson uh, having four targets and being really involved early. Uh, It is good to still see Gronk uh, getting his pass game uh, usage increasing here with all the injuries they're going through. Still not a situation where I think we can trust him as a tight end one, but he's going to find the end zone eventually, and I think uh, you know treating him as a touchdown dependent tight end two will pay off at some point. So that's on the Buccaneers' side of the ball again. Just all the credit in the world to the Bears' defense for making this one tough on them. I think uh, it's a situation that uh, moving forward, you know, we'll see this Buccaneers' offense click more weeks than not. But you know, it's tough to go into Soldier Field and come away uh, looking. Good. And, you know, it was tough for Nick Foles, a company going to Soldier Field and look too good as well. Uh, just wasn't really a great performance by any stretch of the imagination for Foles. A win is a win is a win. I mean, I, I get it. But just really from the first half on, I mean, he missed uh, he, he missed uh, um, Darnell Mooney on what should have been just a walk in 40 yard touchdown after a great route by the rookie. And just, again, an atrocious miss that was uh, getting all, all the hate on, on the old Twitter sphere. Nick Foles did come back well. I mean, after that drive, he was still kind of thrown fearlessly. I love the way. He just chucks it up to Allen Robinson, no problem. 16 targets uh, for A-Rob. Only David Montgomery um, had more than five. He was at eight. Everyone else was at five or fewer targets. So I, I like that Foles you know, understands that the passing game needs to flow through a- A-Rob. Just sometimes it was like, what are you doing, man? I mean, just hilariously bad defensive pass interference uh, d- drawn from A-Rob on a pass that just was nowhere close. So, uh, you know, pretty iffy, roughing the passer penalty uh four minutes uh, in the fourth quarter on third down that seemed like, okay, maybe this is where the drive starts. Drive didn't start, but they got the ball back, went down there, and Foles threw a nice little wheel route to David Montgomery under pressure to put them in a position for the game-winning field goal. So, hey, you know, rebounded from a rough start, got the job done. It does look like Nagy sticking with Foles uh, through through thick and thin over Trubisky at this point. Bears are 4-1. Nick Foles is, you know, a big reason why they got these uh, two uh, two wins against the Falcons and now the Buccaneers. So credit to him. Uh, In terms of fantasy land, Buccaneers are a tough defense. I know Justin Herbert uh, looked pretty good last week, but, you know, particularly against running backs and just overall, I mean, things Car- uh, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean are doing out there, they're really solid at all three levels of this unit. So, you know, don't sleep on them and, you know, in matchups uh, that we're going to face them moving forward. We're going to have to kind of lower the expectations overall. I do think Foles eventually could, you know, be this, uh, uh, you know, boomer bust QB2 at some point, but I don't know. It's, it's looking rough with this offense right now. Again, this was a tough matchup. The Colts were a tough matchup last week. Foles look legit great against the Falcons. I know a lot of guys look great against the Falcons, but again, I don't think this offense is going to be quite as unwatchable moving forward once they get away from some of these tough matchups. Uh, David Montgomery continuing to largely dominate the backfields, uh, touches and snaps. He ended up playing 43 snaps on the game. Cordero Patterson was just at 14. So again, he is a three-down workhorse with Tariq Cohen out of the picture. 10 carries, 29 yards, short goal line touchdown on the ground. Caught seven of eight targets targets for 30 yards through the air. Montgomery's fine as a receiver. Soft hands. It's not like he's, uh, you know, just dropping everything out there. Caught a nice job on the wheel. You know, I, I made the I made the joke on Twitter that, you know, Montgomery, you need three yards, he'll get you three yards. You need four yards, he'll get you three yards. I mean, that's what it seems like out there. Definitely doesn't have, you know, big time bursts or anything like that, but hey, uh, you know, they're feeding him like a workhorse back. Again, Buccaneers this week, uh, Colts last week, there's going to be better matchups on the horizon for Montgomery. As long as he's getting this type of work, he needs to be Inside the top 20 backs on a weekly basis. Uh, My guy Cordero Patterson had a pretty nice game for himself. Just truly the best kick returner of all time. Chill out, Bears fans. I understand Devin Hester is the best punt returner of all time, but Cordero doesn't return kicks, and he is to this day the most efficient kick returner of all time in you know uh, yards per kick return. Did some good things tonight too as a receiver: three catches, 38 yards, three carries, seven yards. Had a nice 25-yard uh, catch on a wheel route. Buccaneers, you know, we're letting that wheel route get him all night long. So again, it's the Montgomery show, but got to give a shout to my guy Cordero after that uh, good game. And yeah, the passing game—it's Allen Robinson and everyone else caught ten of the sixteen targets for 90 yards. You know, and just. Can't stress enough how good A-Rob is. I mean, Yak going up there making contested catches. He is a true alpha beast, number one wide receiver, and you'd love to see him getting a target total that, uh, you know, a player of his talent warrants. He is a top 10 receiver every week in fantasy football land. Uh, Otherwise, you know, Mooney, two catches for 15 yards. Again, should have had a much bigger game uh, if Foles was able to find him. Anthony Miller, four catches, 28 yards, but just can't find the field as often as he should be. I mean, we look at these uh, wide receiver snaps and we got Mooney at 35 snaps. Miller only at 22. A-Rob at 48. So truly, I mean, even Mooney uh, isn't getting a full-time role at this point. Mims was, uh, I'm sorry, Javon Wims was right there with 12 uh, snaps as well. And even Teddy Ginn snuck on the field for three so Mooney you know he's been kind of this uh, not popular waiver addition but he is like making it to these columns he is you know potentially a number two receiver in this offense more weeks than not with Tariq coming out of the picture just realized that this passing game you know is not going to be able to elevate uh, multiple high-end receivers uh, more weeks than not Uh, Jimmy Graham though shout out jimmy graham awesome one-handed catch uh, for a touchdown uh, uh right before the half you know right after he probably should have had a touchdown on a slightly easier play it wasn't a drop and defender made a nice play kind of knocking the ball out but you would have liked to see him hold on to it again he made up for it and he's been having a nice little year for himself with these touchdowns only 33 yards i mean he's still anyone's idea of a touchdown dependent tight end but uh you know what when bye weeks happen and stuff comes up you know jimmy graham treating him as that touchdown dependent higher end tight end too i think he's earned that treatment at this point so So Bears 20, Buccaneers 19. Hope everyone enjoyed that bad football game. Even a bad football game is a good football game, particularly on Thursday night, everyone. So quick shout out to our sponsors uh, before we get going on some injuries. Uh, Monkey Knife Fight. So all first time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least 20 bucks in their account while using promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription, $40 value for just $20. And you'll get the opportunity to turn that 20 bucks into even more money playing daily fantasy and prop games at one of the fastest growing fantasy sports sites in the USA in Monkey Knife Fight. Go to Monkey Knife Fight and deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today to receive your free PFF Edge annual subscription want to go through some injuries now and you know so for those who don't know official designations will get released on friday usually they're all in by about 6 p.m depending on some of the west coast teams and that's when they're you know questionable or doubtful or out or in and then uh, we'll get the official word from the nfl obviously uh sunday morning usually starting about 11:30 30 a.m uh, for the 1 p.m eastern game so uh, this is all you know just looking at what we've heard from reporters what we've heard from teams and what we see in the early week practice participation so starting off with the falcons uh calvin ridley still doing with this ankle injury, but he's fine. Just been limited in practice a little bit. Keep going back to the well. Even with that goose egg last week in half point up PPR and standard leagues, Ridley is still the wide receiver one in fantasy. You love to see it. Julio is not looking so good with the hamstring injury. Wasn't able to get into practice on Thursday. I don't know with him out, Alamide uh, 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 Zacayas, sorry on that pronunciation. He's a realistic option. I do still think Russell Gage could be a number two in this offense with Julio out, but you know what? We've seen this uh, Zacayas dude have like a long 93 yard touchdown catch last year. I mean, him and Matt Ryan have some level of chemistry. I'd be a little hesitant in season long, but you know, as a cheap uh, flyer in DFS, I do not hate it. Uh Ravens wide receiver Marquise Brown limited with the knee injury but he's expected to be fine uh, same thing with Lamar Jackson who hasn't been practicing this week but Adam Schefter already came out and said just precautionary he's fine Mark Andrews a little bit more of a concern on midweek addition to injury report with a thigh injury thighs you know again I'm f- very far from a doctor but thigh injury to me sounds better than a knee or a hamstring or even like a foot or something like that but it would be nice to see him get a full practice in on Friday before we go to the game because you look at the tight end pricing on DFS obviously all these guys including Hollywood who again is has been within, you know, a fingertip on having potentially three to five more touchdowns this year once him and Jackson uh, get on the same page. He's got more deep ball targets than anyone. Keep going back the well with Hollywood. It's going to happen, people. But Mark Andrews in DFS is the one that's interesting because there's just a lot of ownership going to guys right around him in that top four, but not so much to Andrews and certainly don't think the Bengals are a team that's going to, you know, keep this passing game in check. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins came back practicing in full uh, with this ankle injury. He looked fine out there last week, you know, in terms of after the catch. Didn't Seem to be banged up, continue to treat him as a top two option. Uh Bill's running back Zach Moss still limited with his toe injury. Look, if he stays out, Devin Singletary is playing like literally in every single down role. And we saw that when Rex Burkhead has a big week. Like just because someone, aka Josh Allen, is still on the reps uh, near the goal line a lot of these times, these rush attempts, that doesn't mean that you know we're gonna even have these situations every week. Singletary could easily get a nice multi-touchdown game if he just finds a way to get in the end zone from you know more than three yards out. So he's been playing so well. Tied with Josh Jacobs for the most broken tackles in the league, uh, even if Moss is in there. I mean, I, I want to go back to well with Singletary uh, this week. John Brown and Cole Beasley dealing with calf and foot injuries, respectively. Banged up, but should be out there. Hopefully this game happens. Uh, we'll see, but it doesn't seem like other than Moss, too many of these guys have a big chance of missing the game. Uh, quick note on the Panthers. I've seen some Ian Thomas hype this e- hype this week. I like Ian Thomas. We share the same name. Why wouldn't I? But the guy the guy is truly talented, and like last year, when Olson was out, and over the past few years, when Olsen's been out, Ian Thomas has played a full-time role, but this year, he kind of came in banged up, and we've actually seen Chris Manhurts, who's been limited this week with an ankle injury, play more snaps than Ian Thomas. Thomas is the main receiving guy. He could still put up some numbers this week, even if Manhurts guts it through, but we want to see guys on the field as much as possible. That's That way, they have the most possible opportunity to make plays, so keep an eye on that Manhurts uh, situation, because if he's out, then I'm a lot more in on Ian Thomas. Uh, staying on the pants for a sec. McCaffrey is out for another week, so Mike Davis versus the Falcons. Going to be so chalky in DFS, but probably deserves it, and he is anyone should be in any single lineup. Do not ask me a star-sick question involving Mike Davis. Figure it out, or you know your team is Stupid stack and stop joining five-team leagues. Uh, with the Bengals, Joe Mixon limited on Thursday with a shin injury. I mean, he has a chest injury last week that landed him on the injury report on Saturday. He should be fine, but, man, stay healthy, Joe. Like, we need you to handle all these uh, touches. Not looking good in this matchup against the Ravens, but, you know, with Mixon, with Josh Jacobs, with Derrick Henry, anytime we got these backs that, you know, we call them game script dependent, but they're getting 15-plus carries, you know, regardless of uh, of what happens, they need to be in starting lineups. Kareem Hunt remains limited with his groin injury. We could see more DeAndre Johnson. You know, I know I've really uh, gone off on this guy uh, this week in the pods about how, you know, I didn't want put to a, put a big waiver claim with him, but even with a limited version of Kareem, like you are not running to start DeAndre Johnson. That's a problem. We need Kareem to get completely hurt, out of the picture. That's not the case. Fire up Kareem Hunt as a true RB1. Please do not start DeAndre Johnson unless something happens to Hunt, and then we'll talk about uh, whether or not he belongs within the top 25 backs. I would think it'd be more on the border. Uh, although Beckham's still dealing with this back injury. He's limited, but not but expected to play through it. I think this Colts secondary might be a little bit overrated. They have not really had to face many tough quarterbacks this year, with the exception of Kirk Cousins, who have one of his just kind of Classic Doug Games uh, wouldn't be shocked if OBJ is able to have back-to-back big weeks. I know I've been talking about you know trading them in, in season-long, but you know again it's going to be uh, up-and-down performances. But nothing in the law book says these uh, you know f- uh, boomer bust receivers can can boom two weeks in a row. I know OBJ isn't necessarily a boomer bust guy, but in this field stretching role, career high 16-yard average target depth, uh, you know career low catch rate at this point. I think we are going to see more sporadic production, but in this particular matchup against the Colts, I could see OBJ. DJ uh, going back-to-back back big weeks. With the Broncos, uh, um, we got Drew Locke. Still limited with the shoulder injury. We'll see uh, what happens there. Uh, no Stephon Gilmore with the Patriots, but come on. like It's still pretty tough to feel good about anyone this trip to New England. Uh, Philip Lindsay is practicing in full with the toe injury. I think that takes Melvin Gordon you know, from a top 20 back to probably you know, more on that RB2 borderline. He's been dominating snaps with Royce Freeman there, but we saw in Week 1 Lindsay making that more of a 60-40 to even 50-50 split. Uh, yeah, so in the rest of the passing game, uh, Judy and Tim Patrick, again, just a matchup. I would try to start someone else, but these are the two top receivers in the passing game because Noah Font not practicing all week with an ankle. KJ Hamler, same thing with the hamstring. You know, if you're in a desperate situation in a deeper league, you know, you could do worse than having a wide receiver like Judy or Patrick, who's at least going to be out there every snap. And I'll be more willing to go to Judy in future weeks when the injury is less of a concern. I'm sorry, when the matchup is less, less of a concern. Quick note on Texans tight end Jordan Akins. He's been limited and didn't practice on Wednesday. Limited on Thursday, ankle and concussion. Like he was someone I was pretty high on in the first two weeks of the year. He was out there more than almost anyone. But we've seen the snaps drop off. Not even last week when he was uh, concussed, but the week before as well. Darren Fells still very involved. Seemed like a situation where Akins was really taking over that role, but he's not. Uh, he is not someone or Fells that I am looking uh, to play as long as they're both healthy. Uh, with the Jaguars, Lavisca Chenault hamstring injury, uh, looking a little bit banged up. Outside DJ Chark and James Robinson, and you know Gardner Minshew, if you want to uh, sign him, but uh, Chark, Robinson, skill position guys, you're not touching anyone else on Jacksonville right now. I think Chenault has the talent, but it's one of these situations. You know, we see it with Curtis Samuel too. You wish that they would just kind of use them as a true wide receiver while getting them a handful of snaps as an RB again to get some additional touches. It happens a couple times and it looks great, but we just don't see that same sort of role consistently handed out. And until we do, it's going to be tough to really trust him week to week basis. All right. uh, One quick more. I got about 10 more injuries to hit you guys with. Uh, One more quick shout out to our sponsor, though. Pristine Auction uh, brought to you by pristineauction.com. Check out the daily auctions with $1 starting bids on over 8,000 football items up for auction Pristine Auction guarantees authenticity on every product. Use code PFF for $10 off your first invoice. Uh, Currently giving away a signed Amari Cooper jersey. So please rate and review this podcast, and we will be choosing a winner next week. That's pristineauction.com. You can win a signed Amari Cooper jersey, people. Code PFF, rate and review the podcast, and we will be choosing a winner next week. So love that. Love my guy, Coop. All right, moving on to the injuries. Uh, Cam, H- Cam Akers with a rib injury back to a full practice. It's going to be a random as hell backfield using Cam, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. Every single week. It looked like we had, you know, the tell with Henderson doing his thing, but we saw Malcolm Brown pretty much made one nice one-handed catch and then uh, got most of the run for after that uh, last week. So, you know, gun to my head, I think Henderson is the most productive guy at the end of the year, but truly it's going to be random. You can't treat any of these guys locked in RB2 more of a flex play. And, you know, I would feel much better about having someone else in the lineup. Uh, With the Raiders, Brian Edwards remains out with a foot injury, uh, still not practicing. Henry Ruggs, though, uh, back to a full practice with the knee. So I would just say I wouldn't necessarily expect rugs to put up big numbers. Again, they're not really using him uh, underneath or intermediate as you would like to see him, as he did a lot uh, to a bunch of success at Alabama, being used more as a field stretcher, but it just helps open up the rest of the offense, and we've seen that with Deshaun Jackson, Will Fuller throughout their careers, you know, increasing their quarterback's yards per attempt when they're out there, and I think that will make an impact with Derek Carr, who you know, someone I hate on a lot, but Derek Carr's been playing some great football uh, this year, even if it's not, you know, as uh, aggressive as we would like it. The guy's been efficient and he's putting up uh, multiple touchdowns on a weekly basis uh, these days. So we'll see what that Chiefs game. He is far too cheap on DraftKings. I don't know if I can force myself to pull the trigger uh, just yet. But the fact that, you know, Sam Darnold is literally more expensive than Derek Carr uh, is something else. Uh, Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones back to a full practice so it was interesting because before he got hurt he was briefly shadowing, which we never saw uh, in Dallas not sure how good he is at it but you know the amount of money he got and the things we've seen just when he's playing inside the, the field uh, obviously not someone you prefer not to be tracking number one wide receiver this week though against the 49ers I don't think he's going to uh, be tracking either Debo or Ayuk around the field so not something to worry about now but you know if he does do it this week and moving forward we wanted to keep an eye on Byron uh, as a shadow corner uh, Le'Veon on. Be- with a hamstring injury apparently has a chance to play he was the featured guy in the first half uh, of the year before he got hurt you know they were not using gore as we thought they uh might but you know no Sam Darnold with a shoulder injury who knows with this squad I mean if you can avoid playing Jets other than Jameson Crowder at least for this week until we're sure that Le'Veon's gonna be back to a full workload uh that would be my recommendation Eagles wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey with a foot injury going from limited to a DMP. Not great. Not really someone we should be looking to play anyway, especially in this matchup against the Steelers, other than Miles Sanders and, you know, I guess Zach Ertz not really trying to play any Eagles this week. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Deontay Johnson. Toe injury. Juju Smith-Schuster knee injury. You know, I, I get the notifications on my phone from the Yahoo app where it's, oh, Deontay Johnson. Every Wednesday is questionable, and every Thursday he's fine. This is, like, both Deontay and Juju are playing through these injuries. They're going to be DMPs on on Wednesday then they'll be full on Thursdays it's all good don't worry about it. This has been happening every week. Uh, 49ers, Jimmy G still limited with the ankle injury. Same thing with Raheem Mostert with the knee injury. If both guys are back, though, I wouldn't be afraid to play him. I mean, just seeing the way the 49ers have handled the Debo, the uh, Kittle injuries, like they're not putting these guys. When Debo did go out there last week and was limited, Shanahan told us that he was going to be limited and ease back in. So I do think this is a rare situation where we can kind of trust the coaching staff. And, you know, if Mostert is out there, I don't think he's going to be out there, you know, for an emergency role like we saw with Leonard Fournette tonight. I think he'll actually be out there to get touches. So, Wouldn't be afraid to play these guys if they are healthy enough to get out there. Uh, A.J. Brown with a knee injury. Fingers crossed, guys. Expect to try to give it a go. I cannot wait. Uh, You know, with this knee bruise, he really didn't look 100% in week one. So hopefully he is feeling better and can go out there because, I mean, no one was better last year in yards after the catch. And I understand the naysayers out there screaming regression, no comeback normal. But look at this Titans offense this year. They're throwing the ball more than ever. They're in a situation against the Bills this week. If they play where they are probably going to have to keep up with Josh Allen and company, that means more and more targets for uh, what look like truly one of the more talented wide receivers in the league. Uh, final note with the Washington Football Team: Terry McLaurin still dealing with his thigh injury. Uh, just in regards to Kyle Allen news, I mean, look, I I do not think Kyle Allen is a good professional quarterback. as someone that watched every single one of his snaps uh, from last season. He's someone that can get the job done with his number one receiver and be you know fine checking the ball down. I think I don't think he hurts uh, Terry McLaurin's value at all. McLaurin is the PPR wide receiver 11 right now. I think he's going to continue to be a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy, and I think it's a good sign for antonio gibson once he can take over this role to hopefully get fed uh check downs in the cmc role again i don't want to compare a rookie to someone like cmc but when rom rivera did it and now we got the quarterback that enabled cmc to that record-breaking season last year i mean it, it's the ceiling it's not the necessarily the production that's the ceiling for gibson but that's sort of true every down usage is the ceiling so awesome stuff there one more quick shout out. And this is just our PFF sponsor because look, PFF and Sunday Nights Football, Chris Collinsworth, the boss man, is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers all pro corner, Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They will provide the most interesting football conversation in sports every single week. And sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a deep dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that's happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars and you do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of Insight this season. Have a listen to the first episode with Sherman and Chris. And let me tell you, it is fantastic stuff. So make sure you check that out. All right, everyone, that's going to do it. Thank you, as always, for listening to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. It's crazy we got week five here. I feel like we uh, just started here a little bit ago. But as always, coming to you with new episodes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, I'm Ian Harditz. Find me on Twitter at IHarditz. If you you know have any cool things to say, if you find some cool swag, cool visors, I always appreciate when people uh, give me the ad on something that, you know, I know we'll all enjoy. And yeah, so uh, wish everyone the best of luck this week and take care until next time.